Good morning, everybody. Welcome. My name is Brody. I'm the youth ministries pastor here, student ministries pastor here at the Highlands. I hope you all had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, I want to share with you a couple things. If you have your program, I'd love to point out a couple key things. Um, Note, uh, our children's Christmas program is on December 17th. And then note our Christmas Eve uh, dates or uh, times. They're a little different this year. We have one Saturday evening service, and then we have three on Sunday. Uh, So be sure we'd love to see you on Christmas Eve or Christmas Eve Eve, if that works better for you. Uh, the other thing I wanted to show you is the, T- the Timothy Initiative at Woodridge, December 1 through 3. Um, David Helms is the founder of the Timothy Initiative. It's one of our mission partners, and there is an opportunity to go on a virtual mission trip to Tanzania. I have not done it yet, but I hear it's pretty spectacular in terms of just what, it, what we can do over here to get a glimpse into what work is being done in a different part of the world. So if that is something that interests you and your family, that's something we would uh, strongly encourage you to go to. That is next week, December 1 through 3 um, at Woodridge. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to jump into our message this morning. Father God, I need you to teach this sermon. And so I pray that you'd be with me and that these words that are shared are your words and not mine. And the truths that are shared this morning would be impressed upon those hearts that need to hear it. Uh, and we'd be able to walk through whatever life throws as a, at us better as a result of the gift that you give us. So bless this time. Thank you, Father, for being with us this morning. In your name I pray. Amen. Guys, we made it. It's that time of year. It's that time of year. It's the greatest time of year. And I know that you have been kicking around some some, uh, gift ideas for those that you love, your friends, your family. And I know, I know you've already been struggling. So I took it upon myself to find some gifts on Amazon that if you you want, you could uh, buy for your loved ones. Here are a couple that I found that I wanted to share with you. This is the most expensive one. This is called the ostrich pillow. That's real. That's a real thing. That guy in the top right, he needs prayer for sure. If you're willing to wear that somewhere public to nap, um, yeah. But that's the first one. The next one, for only $19.99, these are non-stick chip fingers. That is the worst thing, right? If you're not into licking your fingers clean of some Cheeto dust, man, I have the gift for you right here. The third, these are for the dads in the house, $24.95. It's not a dad bod. It's a father figure. That's a good one. Kids, that's a good one. And lastly, for when you want to spice things up, this is the Bobcat mullet for only eleven ninety nine. Guys, if you were thinking about getting Pastor Brian a gift, all of these would work. These would be excellent gifts for Pastor Brian. Not only are these fa- amazing, funny gifts, but you could get them as soon as tomorrow from Amazon without ever leaving your couch. What a time to be alive. With the advancement of technology, our society has truly done everything it can to make things quick, 
easy and streamlined. Two things that come to mind for me that, that we love are things that are fast and things that are comfy. Right? Think, listen to these slogans. The quicker picker upper. What is that? Bounty. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on your car insurance. That's Geico. Freaky fast? Jimmy John's. It's my money and I need it now. That's a little older. J.G. Wentworth, that's right. We love speed. We advertise speed, and we are also willing to pay a premium for comfort. Amazon and the internet has eliminated all barriers that might stop you from getting anything you want. No waiting, no lines, no people, right? No hassle, right? We love comfort. With the advancement of furnaces and AC, we can live here in Minnesota and in our homes, keep at the same temperature year-round. And if that temperature, if dad fiddles with that temperature to save a little bit of money, even a couple of degrees, we can tell. We are so accustomed to the things that make us comfortable. There's the skip lot. You can skip at Valley Fair with the fast lane pass. You can skip the line at the airport with TSA pre-check. On the topic of fast and comfort, one of the greatest things humanity has ever given to us, frozen pizzas. I love a frozen pizza. You want me to dice my own onions? Absolutely not. Just let me throw in that frozen pizza and I'm good to go. We've gotten really good, you guys, at avoiding scenarios that require patience. And I think we're at a point where we'll do just about anything to avoid any sort of tension or conflict. But what if it's in these very places where God actually wants to work in us? What if it's in these things where God wants to teach us something and it's actually in these places where we can learn the most about who God is and how much he loves us. But as we, as we get more and more into comfort and speed, we, we diminish our ability to be patient and to endure. But what if it's in these places where God wants to teach us something Because you and I both know that walking through trials, enduring difficulty, and waiting are just a part of this life. It's inevitable. We are actually about to enter a season of waiting. Next Sunday starts the season of Advent. And the word Advent means coming or arrival. And it was implemented into the Christian faith in the 16th century. It's the Latin word, Advent. And what Advent is, is it represents a reminder as we wait for Christmas Day and to celebrate Jesus' birth, it reminds us as Christians that we are waiting for Christ's return. That's what Advent is. It's to help us to remember that good news that we have in Jesus. And so right now, we are not only in a season of waiting for Christmas Day and to open up all those presents. That's like one of the hardest things to do as a kid. But we're also waiting for the second coming of Christ. And this is the greatest time of year, waiting for Christmas Day and enjoying all the festivities and the food and the, and the uh, traditions that we have. But living this life and waiting for Christ to return is a whole different ballgame because we live in a sinful, fallen world full of sinful, fallen, broken people. And as a result, we experience things like pain and fallout in relationships. We experience persecution as Christians. We experience death of loved ones, sickness and suffering, accidents and unforeseen events. Jesus told us in the Gospel of John, in this world, you will have trouble. 
And as we all know, unlike the lines at Valley Fair or the airport, the things that cause us the most pain cannot be avoided. These seasons of suffering, we don't really have control over how long they last. We cannot skirt around the difficulty that is inevitable. And so if it is, is, ine- if it is inevitable, if God knows we'll experience seasons of difficulty here on earth while we wait to meet him again, what wisdom is offered, what aid is made available to us, us to help us in these seasons? What is it? Hupamene. Hupamene. Oh, you don't know what hupamene means. It's a Greek word, hupamene. We see it time and time again in the Old and New Testament. It's sprinkled all over scripture. And what this word hupamene means is it's a steadfastness. It's an endurance. It's, it's often translated as perseverance. In the New Testament, the characteristic of a man who has not swerved from his deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and sufferings. And the root word that hupamene comes from, hupamaneo, means to remain, to abide, to not recede or flee. It means to persevere under misfortunes and trials and to hold fast in faith in Jesus. And now there are a handful of moments in the New Testament where we see the word repeated back to back. It says, hupamene, hupamene. And when you see that happen, that is most often translated as patient endurance. And this is the phrase that we are going to unpack this morning. And as we begin to unpack this word, this term, this phrase, patient endurance, we'll begin to see that God gives us all that is required to walk this road called life well, even in the midst of the waiting, even in the midst of trial. I want to read this passage for you that we're going we're gonna to park in, but we're, this is much more of a word study uh, and less of a, of a passage that we're going to kind of unpack. But I want to read for you 2 Corinthians 1, starting in verse 3 through 6. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any, trum- in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, we also, our comfort, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. I want to highlight a handful of things in this passage, but I'm also going to be honest with you and share my perspective on this word because this word has been near and dear to me in the recent months and learning what patient endurance really looks like as my wife and I have struggled through and are in the midst of a trial right now. Earlier this fall and over the course of this fall, we are still in it, but we decided It was time. We want to start a family. It's something we've always wanted to do. It's something that um, I knew from a very young age. I wanted to be a dad. That is something I know I am going to be in this lifetime. And so it was time. And we, in the last three months, have experienced two lost pregnancies. And in that time, I have learned about this term, 
patient endurance unlike any other season of my life before. And so this morning, I want to share three things from this passage. Three things about patient endurance that I've learned to be true that are sitting in Scripture. And so here is the first. Patient endurance is produced in you. The English translation of endurance is the ability to withstand hardship and adversity. And this is true of the Greek term patient endurance, but there is more to the word hupomene. One scholar states, we should not understand endurance as some human power that we can last through hard times. The Greek Old Testament term carries a different set of connotations that signify expectant waiting, patient, and intense desire, endurance. Endurance is a constancy in desire that overcomes the trial of waiting, a soul attitude that must struggle to persevere, a waiting that is determined and victorious because it trusts in God. This understanding of endurance as something that comes from God and is focused on God runs counterculture to the do-it-yourself religion. If Christians endure without complaining or growing weary or despondent, it is because God enables it, not because they're extraordinarily heroic. When we trust God, he supplies us with patience. When we trust God, he supplies us with the endurance. I want, to, I want you to imagine me in hurricane force winds. Endurance is just taking a good stance to withstand the winds. But patient endurance in the way that the, the Bible talks about it is holding on to that light pole that is rooted deep into the ground and does something for you that you cannot do for yourself. Hupomene is produced in you. James chapter 1 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces hupomene perseverance. And let perseverance finish its work so that you may be, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. In the midst of trial, Paul, in the midst of right now losing two children, Paul, you want me to consider this joy? How? How on earth could I do that, Paul? It's because God's going to use it. And he's going to produce in, produce in me and in my wife something that he can't produce in any other area of my life or something that I go through. It's going to test my faith, but if I give it to him, it's going to strengthen my faith. God did not cause this pain in me and my wife's life, but he did allow it for whatever reason. And now he's betting on himself to get me through it. And all he's inviting me to do now is to trust in him and to offer it to him. In the last three months, we've, we've experienced two pregnancy losses, countless doctor's appointments. And in all of that time, one of our biggest prayers, of course, obviously, was that everything would be okay, that these babies would be okay. But even more so is, just as Jesus prayed, God, we want your will to be done. And we just ask for certainty. Like whatever way this lands, we just ask for peace, like certainty of what is going on in our life right now. And after Time and time again, visiting the doctor, getting updates, doing different tests, all the results were right down the middle. No clarity either way. Are things going to be okay or are they not? And so literally, I couldn't even put my trust in a result. 
I, we could only put our trust in him. It was the only thing I knew to do. I could trust in other things. I could run into other things. I could just push my head down and, 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 or put my head down and just push through and try to get through this season as quickly as possible and, and avoid all the pain and suffering that, 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 we're, that we are currently going through. Or I could just trust him and leave it to him. These are some of the most difficult times in my life, but as I have handed things off to him, what he has produced in me is something I could never have produced in myself. And so the first thing is that patient endurance is produced in you by God. The second thing that we see in this passage, let me find my spot, patient endurance is produced in the trial for the trial. You see this as a theme in this passage. The terms repeat themselves. One cannot grow in patient endurance without going through something that requires patient endurance. God knows his children are here on earth suffering through a difficult life on a sinful, broken world. And so he wants to equip us to endure well, to wait well. We're going to walk through trials and he wants to help us walk through those trials well. And when you trust it to him in the midst of that trial, you'll grow in trust because you need to trust. You'll learn he's safe when circumstances are uncertain. You'll find him to be a refuge in the midst of the storm when all you want to do is retreat. Romans 5 says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces hupomene, perseverance. And perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Friends, patient endurance is forged in the fire of suffering. That is where you grow in this characteristic that God wants you to possess. The character needed and hope necessary to walk the trail of trial better is built on the trail of trial itself. When this, the first time this happened to my wife and I, I was in, I, I didn't believe it. I was just trusting in God and I was at peace. But there was this looming wave of trial that just kind of hung in the balance. And when we lost it, that wave came crashing down. And what I did is I, all I, like I said, all I knew how to do was just to surrender it and to hand it all over to him. I could run to him or to other things, but I, for whatever reason, because I know he's good, I ran to him. And as a result, as a result of in the midst of this trial, what he's produced in me is I've ran to him. And what that looked like is reading his word. I've prayed more in the last three months than I ever have in my life. My prayer life has never been stronger. He only produced that in a trial. He produced that here, not in the good seasons, not in the blessing, but in the midst of the trial. Like moment by moment, needing to pray for my wife, for the baby, for myself and my mind and where I went. And as a result, my prayer life is, has never been stronger. And he has shown me as I've relied on him, as I've read his word, as I've listened to his voice in my life, he's shown me and reminded me of his faithfulness to me, both in my past, how he's been there 
what he's gotten me through, but also in the person of Jesus and what Jesus did and came to do for you and for me. Patient endurance is produced in the trial and for the trial. The third thing that I want to share with you that we see in this passage that I've experienced in my own life is that patient endurance is utilized in the waiting and rewarded in the end. Remember, we're in a season of waiting for Advent. In Advent, we wait for Christmas. We wait to celebrate the birth of our Savior. And this mirrors our waiting for the second coming of Christ. This mirrors our meeting of our Heavenly Father, being once again in perfect relationship as, with Him as we originally were intended to be. And this patient endurance that God wants to equip, equip us with will be useful in the life that we live right now while we wait, while we live, while we endure. But what we are patient for and the reason why I will endure whatever this life throws at me is because I know I have Christ and the gift of eternal life in heaven with God forever as a result of him. Can I tell you something, friends? I do not think we talk about the end enough. Like what happens when this is all over? The second coming of Jesus, I don't think we have a great perspective on always remembering that gift that we've been given because of Jesus Christ. In the American church, I fear that we have avoided revelation too much. Yes, it's difficult to understand and some crazy stuff is talked about in Revelation, but it also possesses some of the most peace-giving passages in all of Scripture. Why do we do what we do? Why should I be patient? Why should I endure? Why should I handle this suffering? It's because of the good news that happens and is fulfilled at the end. Revelation 21, 3 through 5 says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eye and there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Why should I be patient? Why should I endure? It's because he's coming back for you. He saved you. Part of patient endurance is that it changes your perspective. Even as believers, we can get so caught up in the things of this world that we lose sight of the gift that we have been given. I have a new perspective as a result of this trial with that now I have the end in mind more than ever. And it reminds me of how good God is and how much he loves me. Even if you never get that job you want, even if on this side of heaven, God does not heal you of that ailment or sickness that you have, even if, listen to this phrase, even if on this side of heaven, I never become a father, is God still good? Yes, absolutely. 1,000% yes. My wife, I was sharing the story, like sharing the sermon and kind of what I was talking about and what I'd be sharing with you all this morning. And she reminded me that on our first date, our first date was at Baker Park and then we went to Birch's. 
And we got talking, we got talking about the future, and we got talking about family, of course. And I pulled out my phone, and I told her I wanted to be a dad. And I said, I have a list of names in a locked note on my phone. Like, that's how bad I want to be a dad. And some of you might think that's weird, and that would scare people off. But I knew the person that I'd be spending the rest of my life with, that would encourage them, not scare them away. I'm still waiting to be a dad on this side of heaven. But even if, I believe I am going to be a dad on this side of heaven. Let me say that. God is good. And I believe that is something, that is my identity here, part of my identity here on this earth. But even if we never become parents on this side of heaven, is God still good? Yes, absolutely. Because he died for me. And he saved me. And I'm experiencing eternity in heaven with him. I know this because of the patient endurance that he has produced in me. I want to close with two things. One is a quote that I've hung on to in this time. It's by Charles Spurgeon. And he says, I have learned to kiss the wave that throws me against the rock of ages. Will you let him use your trials to bring you closer to him? And can you get to a point where you're actually thankful for it because of what it produces in you? That's something you can't grow in anywhere else. We're going to sing a new song, so I'm going to invite the band to come back up. I don't know if they're back there, if Brian's still having coffee, but we're going to sing a new song, and it's one that I've probably listened to a hundred times in the last two weeks. And it talks about a lot of the it, it, a lot of its uh, lyrics are from Psalm 23. And so I'd encourage you to read Psalm 23 in your time later today, like do it. But the thing that's been blowing my mind that I'm reminded of is Psalm 23, the last verse in it, that says, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's a crazy thought. Amen. And that's such a good thought that... Whatever happens on this earth, that's okay. Because he's good. He is good. And if you're going through something, we're going to offer prayer. So I think I have someone from our prayer team who's going to come up, and I'm going to be on the other side. And if you're going through something that requires patient endurance, and you need a little help right now, come up. Receive prayer. Receive the good news of Jesus and let him walk with you through whatever you're going through and let him give you something that you cannot give yourself in patient endurance because it's worth it and you need it.